When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Yo, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast, mostly on track, June 6th, 2023. It's D-Day. Hello, Jeff. Hey, RIP to the D-Day day crew. RIP to the D-Day crew. Shout out to them for their service and for their courage. My grandpa was in d-day really that is one of the like could you imagine being in a boat on the way there and then not not necessarily like the first wave because you don't know what you're getting into but like you you're in you're in boat 33 that you've already seen you can see it kind of from the distance and you Uh can hear it that is absolutely insane my grandpa was a paratrooper jesus so he was not on a boat Still, I'd say that might be worse because you're just floating there. Because that's before, that's round parachutes. That's just, you're just floating down. You're yeah. just hoping that you land. That's not even like the square ones or the rectangular ones where you can like direct sort of where you're falling. You're just literally floating there. You're just falling. <laughs> you're just falling gracefully. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, uh, after VE day, he was on a ship waiting to go to the Pacific when they found out that they'd won in the Pacific too and got to go home. That's got to be fun. I mean, yeah, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Pretty hard to believe that we worry about some of the things that we do when those guys were 18 years old doing some of the stuff that they had to do. I was going to say, we're sitting in a really pretty nice studio talking about sports. So we got it good. Yeah, pretty incredible. Uh, all right. You want to uh, talk about the big news of the morning the Live Tour and, and PGA Golf uh, are merging. Which some of you may care about and some of you may not, but if for those that are reasonably have been reasonably following golf, that is a huge, huge news. That would be like Pepsi and Coke being like, you know what? We're over it. We're now going to be one thing together. We're, we're whatever the name ends up being. It's more like uh, it's more like if the uh, NFL had to absorb the XFL. No, it's not even that because the XFL has not been contentious with the NFL. Like live. Well, it was okay. If it had done so originally, the original, the original XFL. XFL. Yes. Uh, but if the original XFL would have signed, uh, Peyton Manning and Steve Smith and, you know, find another like five or seven of the top stars. Okay. Well, this did happen. The USFL then there we go. There, there's your analogy. Okay. Anyway, um, 
Yeah. The fact that these are merging is really interesting. What's funny too, is that like, I was having a conversation the other day, uh, which is where we originally start. So like the plan was to use, use this as a springboard into the actual discussion we were going to have, but then news that PGA and live, were going to merge is wild, absolutely wild. Um, but what I was talking about with a friend of mine, who's a Kansas state grad and, uh, talking about adding the four corner schools and how annoying Utah fans are. And if you were to bring the Utah fans in that you now have just, you've added a headache. And the thing I was thinking about though, is using the PGA live stuff as a a correlate before Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith, before those guys left and like Patrick Reed, if you know anything about golf, I don't know anybody who's watched golf who likes Patrick Reed. The dude's been caught cheating like five different times, uh, not like affairs, like cheating at golf, like several times. Uh, he is. He complains about everything. He threatens to sue everybody. Literally delivered a um, uh, the notice that Rory McIlroy was getting involved in a lawsuit by Patrick Reed for defamation on Christmas Eve literally delivered a lawsuit on Christmas Eve to that guy. Like Patrick Reed is incredibly hard to root for. He went over to the live golf tournament, uh, live golf tour. And then the PGA afterwards, they get rid of all these guys who are sort of unlikable or like contentious people. And I'd never heard this term before, which is called a black hat, which is like in a, in a Western, the guy that wears the black hat, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy or somewhere in between, he's always just interesting to watch. He's the wild card. He's the wild card. And so you have a lot of these guys that with live golf, like Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson, like them or hate them, they're interesting and they're going to do different stuff. And then they all left to go to live. And now what you're left with the PGA is still most of the best golfers. Like, I don't know, maybe like 10 of the top 15 golfers in the world are still on the PGA tour, but they're all just like nice. They're just nice guys. Like there's, Scotty Scheffler's a nice guy. He's hard to, he's just agreeable. And there's nobody there though. That's like interesting. There's no one that's sort of, uh, there's no black hats anymore when they went to live. So now you're watching a tournament. You're like, well, Max Holma's nice and Scheffler's nice. And I guess Victor Hovland's a nice guy. So, I mean, just go yay golf. Uh, which brings me back to the big 12. We're losing really the two black hats that we have in the big 12 after this season. So with the addition of potentially four corner schools, you kind of need a new dickhead to root against. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking if you had to like the likability, so whether or not Utah gets added, so let's just go with this upcoming season. If you had to rate the likability of the non Iowa state teams in the conference. I don't, I mean, it's hard. It'd be hard to rank them like one through yeah. 14, 12, yeah. 12, whatever at 16 tiers. tiers. We'll put them in tiers. tiers of schools. And let's just think football and you can I, not even just schools generally. Cause like the basketball programs are different. Like Kansas football. It's sort of like your little brother where you're like, I hope you do at least reasonably well. But then there's like Kansas basketball, which you absolutely cannot stand. Mm-hmm. So Kansas has a mixed bag of one or the other. And we're just going to have to, you, you take it all as is. So using the, now that live golf is getting back together and they're merging everything together, you get all your black hats back. Uh, 
using the, this next year of the Big 12 tiers of likability of if you had to root for other teams, where would you put them? I just, the thing that I that is going to be so annoying about this live tour thing is that I know that all the people who love golf are going to like be all over this deal and tell me all week how big of a deal this is and how much I should care. And I'm going to be like, I, I literally couldn't care any less, like any less. I don't, I don't care. You know, it's a big deal for us golf fans, man. I, and they're like, Oh, this is going to be huge for the game of golf. You know what else would be huge for the game of golf? If Tiger Woods just came back, I don't know. Like it, that's like what'll bring golf back. Get a time machine. There you go. Golf is fixed. Well, the thing, okay, so I'll be that friend and it's not necessarily, you don't have to care, but why is this a big deal is because the things that baseball has fixed this year with a pitch clock and the shifts, which I, I mean, I could take or leave the shifts, but like with the pitch clock and the timing and get everything better is that they recognized what was wrong and why people stopped caring and they tried to fix that thing. Well, why did people like when tiger was good? What was exciting about Tiger Woods? One was the fact that he was super dominant. Like he was, I saw some statistic like 60% or 65% of every golf tournament that he entered, he finished in the top 10, Mm -hmm. which is wild in a sport that is as random and takes as many, which requires as much luck as like you hit a tree branch. Does the, does it go into the rough or does it go into the fairway or does it go into the woods? Like there's a lot of luck that's involved in that. So one of the reasons, cause he was dominant. Another reason is cause he was black and he was different than everybody else that it's an exceptionally white sport. But the third thing is that he actually showed emotion. Like he was intense on the course. It wasn't just a guy who, you know, golf clapped. Hey, nice job. It was like in happy Gilmore that the rest of those kind of rowdy fans were there. They paid attention because he was different. And he made people into black hats that really had nothing to do with being a black hat because you just didn't want him to beat him. Yeah. You like Rocco Baldelli. I remember him still that I, I hated him cause because he, cause he almost beat him in the, what was that? 2006, the yeah, U S open. Right. And you didn't, uh, uh, you didn't Rocco mediate. Yeah. Rocco mediate. That's yeah. what I meant. Rocco, Not Rocco Baldelli played baseball for <laughs> yeah. the race. Yeah. Uh, but like you wanted, but he was animated on the course and you had this like hero villain type thing. Like you had stuff to be interested in. And Hel Cabrera. Wasn't that another one? Miguel and Hel Cabrera. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he was the one that would always be smoking the heaters out there with in golf. He'd warm up shoeless. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a character. Um, but anyway, like what this, what golf got away from is they, in order to make money, they got like corporate sponsorships and they redid their TV deal and it made it so that commercials there are so many freaking commercials when you watch golf. That's a super annoying one. And two is that the CEO of the title sponsor, the presenting sponsor, like at the Honda classic, the CEO or some spokesperson from the C-suite at Honda is contractually obligated or contractually allowed on Sunday to have like a 10 minute conversation in the middle of this golf tournament. I don't care. I don't care about Honda. I want to watch these guys actually play. And then the third thing is that, uh, the pace of play they've allowed to slow, to be slow. So you have this five hour golf tournament. There's has a ton of commercials. And then the, the CEO of Honda is out there talking about it. So what Liv did is they took all of those things and they said, we're going to make it 54 holes. We're not going to have any commercial breaks. Granted they're on the CW. So it's not like it's a lot of TV that they would be able to have. And then they made it so that the 
they, they shotgun started everybody. So everybody's golf, everyone's starting at the same time, depending on where you start on the hole. So it took the things that were exciting and forced them to do it. Now by this merger, it takes the things that when tiger was really good, it's going to bring those things. It's going to be forcibly bring those things back. So that's why it's a big deal is it makes it. So the excitement that was there when tiger was there, there is no tiger woods. I mean, he'll, he'll be there. He's just not as dominant because he's broken. I mean, his legs barely attached, but like it's taking those things and making them exciting. But anyway, I think too, this is not that good of a comparison to baseball because the things that they did in baseball, the players didn't want any of those things. And in golf, it seems like the players are much more willing to push the envelope and do different things than what they were in baseball. The players fought against all that stuff. They literally got locked out because of it, you know? Yeah. Like they didn't want the pitch clock. They didn't want all that. They didn't want the shifts to take the shifts away. Like they didn't want to do all that stuff, you know? And they they were forced on them. Yeah. And it was forced on them by the league. And now it's better for it. Yeah. But I don't think that you'd probably find that many players that are going to admit that it's better for it. Yeah. Uh, Once they get to see the amount of I wonder what happens with this with Liv's CW contract do you think that they that PGA now has to (laughs) do game do tournaments on CW all all $38 of that contract I imagine I'm just saying I mean that's like that's kind of stuff that'll have to be figured out what happens to some of those media rights deals I'd imagine there's a contract buyout that will be handily taken care of by the the powers that be because there's no way because the pga is very protective of their brand exceptionally protective jay monahan is exceptionally protective of the pga brand so there's no way that they're going to just let it go to the cw like they're they're going to this now gives them more negotiation they might even try and bid because nbc and cbs will go back and forth on this if abc or espn wanted to get in the the golf negotiations in the actual hosting live event this gives them more leverage to be able to say hey look how much better this is going to be if you want us on your, if you, with this new negotiations, if you want us on your network, you got to pay out the CW for our old contract. I, I mean, there, there's no way that they would put it on the CW. No I, got a, I got an idea. I, I'll propose this to the folks at, at Live Golf and the Saudi Prince whatever fund uh, that have to have obligations now. They got to figure out a way to fill this. They hook up with the folks at the Pac-12. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the PIF infuses cash into the Pac-12. They take less money from the CW. The PIF makes up for it with the Pac-12, and then they play their games on the CW, and there we go. They just replace Live Golf on uh, on the CW. And then they pay... And then and PIF pays each school $500 million a year in their, uh, from their whatever fund. And each one of those, for going to a Cal football game, you get... You don't have to pay for tickets. You get handed a $50 bill when you walk in to go to a Cal football game. Because so actually people will show up. Because now we're printing our Saudi oil blood money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey man, whatever gets butts and seats, dude. It's a business. Doesn't matter. Hey, I know they would probably take Saudi Arabia's money in Corvallis. Are we, what are you, or in Pullman. What are you trashing on our beavers for? Oh, I'm just saying that those... They're down bad right now. They, they're trying to figure out a way to get this media rights deal done. I just presented an option for them. Everybody's teaming up with these people. I'm trying to give you an option here. Do you want this option? Do you not want this option? And these people will give you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> it's the godfather. It's just the desert godfather. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I do think, I mean, I'm happy for you guys. Us golf fans? Yeah, that you guys have something that can 
that you can talk about for a while. We and we just the the tournaments get more interesting. You guys can feel like this that golf's a big deal still. It is for some of us. It's a big deal. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's incredible what the consistency with which they play. Well, just wait till golf is really back when they figure out how to grow Tiger a new leg. Even if he's okay, it's interesting. Oh yeah, I, I watched when did uh when Tyler when Tiger played in the Masters this year. I watched. Uh, I tried to watch a little bit, but that was that was not very fun to watch. Yeah, no, when he literally can't get yeah, out of a bunker move. because his yeah. plantar fascia is torn. Yeah, when you sit there and you're like, man, this guy should not be out there on the golf course right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not very fun. No, that's not very fun. All right, so who uh who? Let's just start with this then. Who is the team that you're most likely to cheer for? So I or I feel like that. Yeah, the most likely to cheer for it. I don't know. I mean, it feels like as much as I hate to say it, Kansas State. Nope. Hard pass. Nope. Hard pass there. Oh, I mean, so the reason why I say that is it's the state land grant schools where you feel sort of kinship to like Oklahoma State, Kansas State, because we were part of like the forgotten group and your land grant schools. I mean, Kansas State fans, when they're good, like when Kansas State, okay, when Kansas State is an average team. They're they're a reasonably fun fan base. When Kansas State is good, they are obnoxious. So, I, but are they reasonably fun? Because they still like even when they're just kind of average, they still look down on Iowa State to the point that it's like, like they don't have any sort of oh yeah we're land grant institution buddies type of feel. They don't they don't portray any of that. I also, part of it is, and this is back when Bill Snyder was actually there, that when we were playing against the, like the play players on the field, as far as the ones that were the most fun to interact with, Kansas State was, Kansas State and Oklahoma were the two that were the most fun to interact with. Like they would kind of bullshit with you on the field. Like you could joke with them. You could make fun of me like, Hey, 21, you look fat in that Jersey. And then like, you're like, yeah, hey, who's talking? Like you can joke back and forth with them. Uh, so like they were the, so I have like positive associations, the two that were absolutely, and I would put these not at the bottom of the list. Cause Texas is very clearly the bottom like that. That kind of goes without saying is the, the easiest to root against is Texas, but pretty close down there. The worst teams, as far as like, just biggest dickheads that we had to play against TCU and Baylor way by far, like not even close, like the dirtiest, cheapest, least intelligent trash talk, just the absolute worst. But Kansas state and Oklahoma were the two most fun team teams to play against other than Kansas, because Kansas didn't care Like by the time, uh, by the time, like, I think I probably told the story on fart before the zero degree game that we had like yeah. our, my senior game in 2013. Uh, we were up by like, it's like 27 to zero or something like that. And we're on the field and the TV timeout when like you go out too soon and then like don't, they don't come back from commercial right away. So you're kind of just standing on the field for like a minute and a half. And there's a guy who's got his hands like the whole, the whole, or whole world sits in the palm of the guy with the orange sleeve. And they're just turning the sign around. Yeah. Slowly, dramatically turning the digital sign around. But like, there's this guy who's a defensive end and he's got his hands like buried in his armpits to try and keep his fingers warm. And Grant Rohatch and I look over at the guy and be like, hey, 55, do you even want to be here right now? <laughs> he shakes his head. No, <laughs> we, both of us start bust out laughing. We're still laughing as the, the as it comes back. And Grant is going through the snap count through like 
busting a gut. And I think we just ran like an inside zone or something like that. So it wasn't that complex, but he was literally laughing as he's going through the cadence because Kansas didn't care. So Oklahoma and Kansas state, I always like playing other than playing Kansas because Kansas would rather not have been on the field at all. Yeah. I, I don't think that I could ever root for Kansas state in any, who's, who's your top of the scenario. list. Who's your most likely to root for then? I mean, West Virginia feels like our, with the whole, uh, baseball softball thing, we're sort of like, we're like step, like Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley and Step Brothers. I don't know, man. One time I did a podcast with this guy from West Virginia that uh, this was before Iowa State played them in 2020, and uh, I think Iowa State won that game like f- like 49 to seven or something like that. I'd have to go back and look. It was not a close game at all, and he so clearly knew nothing about Iowa state while doing his West Virginia podcast that it was like borderline obnoxious, especially considering the fact that Iowa state was a top 10 team at the time in the country. And, uh, just his arrogance. And I was like, this is like your guys is like mouthpiece. You know, I was like, this is like mountaineer nation here. And that was to me like, that really turned me off. You know, I was like, man, I don't know how I feel about West Virginia fans anymore. If this is the guy that they're going to for their information, but my guy, Brad Howe, who works for West Virginia, West Virginia Metro news, he's fucking awesome. Hey, there you go. Yeah. He's an awesome guy. So, uh, who's, who's your number one? Who's, oh, who's, I don't who's, know, dude. And this is situ it's, I mean, it's easier situationally when it's like, all right, you're, you know, uh, in basketball, Iowa state is fourth in the conference and the three teams above, you know, Baylor, uh, Texas and Kansas are above them. And then oh, uh, if it's basketball, we know who I'm rooting for. I'm who? rooting for my head coach. Who's that? Scott Drew. Oh yeah. You're a Baylor guy. That's my head coach. So, but I mean, let's say, uh, you know, in, in contextually, it's easier towards yeah. the middle of the end of the season. Iowa state's trying to get into the, you know, seeding in the big 12 tournament. They're trying to get a champion, you know, uh, and then TCU is playing Kansas. Hey, go frogs. But like outside of context, who are you rooting for? Who is the like? Who is the easiest to like of the non-Iowa State teams? Like, there's a reason to not. I could come up with a reason to not like any of them. Oh yeah, you know, 100%. like there's just, it, and that's what's so hard is that, you know, like I, I sit here, I can't, I couldn't say that I'm gonna root for Baylor in any other scenario other than when it's. It's Scott Drew. And that's because of Scott Drew. It has nothing to do with Baylor. You know, yeah. like Scott Drew could go to any school in the country. I'm going to continue to root for Scott Drew. I don't care. And I'm, obviously I wouldn't care about Baylor basketball at that point anymore. Uh, so like in that scenario, I would say that, I mean, West Virginia, I'll root for them because I like Bob Huggins. Well, uh, up until about three months ago. Yeah. Well, okay. Up until a couple of weeks ago, I was a big Bob Huggins guy. Got to be off the Bob Huggins train for a little bit now, but, uh, you know, like I'll root for that, but I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I have enough affinity towards anybody where I feel like I've had this, like, I don't, I just don't care. Like, I don't know. You has, know. That, has that, uh, distaste spilled into the new four? Like, are they tainted? The new four that are coming in? Well, I already thought UCF was annoying. Yeah. I would put before UCF they came also, in to begin with. I feel like I would put UCF also towards, okay. So let's do T not, not one top school. So like, uh, it's a random Saturday. Mm-hmm. The game doesn't necessarily matter for Iowa state and or the standings and two teams are playing each other and you go, yeah, I could see, I, I'd be happy if they won. Like basically that, that is the top tier is you wouldn't be mad if they won and you end up watching the game and you're kind of rooting for that team just in that context. 
Who, I always, who, fall into, who falls into that camp? I always felt myself rooting for Kansas when they would be playing South Dakota in the season opener and they would, they would win like 17 to 14. I would hope that they would win. Uh, now that they, you know, whatever, started 5-0 and or whatever it was last year, you know, the little bit, it got a little bit less exciting every time that they would win. You'd be like, okay, I'm starting to dislike these guys a little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's enough. That's yeah, enough. They, like they become a little, they've won four games in a row. They're getting a little big for their britches now. You guys won four games combined in like four years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I could say that, but I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I have anything against Texas tech when it comes to football. Yeah, Texas, okay. Texas tech, I would, that would fall in there. They're fun. Oh, I, Oklahoma state is another, another kindred spirit school. Yeah. I, I don't have anything against them and the people in Stillwater are good people. Good people. You ever been to, well, I mean, I know you've been to Stillwater. Right, I haven't have been to ever, Stillwater as a fan. Yeah. I've only been to Stillwater as a player. Yeah. Good people. Good people around there. Okay. So we're going to go. Oklahoma State yeah. and Texas Tech are in our uh, our rival buddies. I don't. I still. So with the new four that are coming in, you have BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. Any of those schools make the? Oh, okay, yeah. Cincinnati feels like too much of a competitor to Iowa State to be in the category. Like that, there's too many similarities there, and they want to do a lot of the same things, recruiting wise, recruiting the upper Midwest, and things like that. That that to me feels like the most natural new rivalry of any of the new rivalries besides them in like West Virginia. Yeah. Them in West Virginia feels like the the most natural. They're going to hate each other. Well, and then Houston and Baylor and TC or Baylor tech TCU, like and Houston, like those Cincinnati is the second biggest power five school now in its own state, you know? So that's why it feels similar where it's like, you know, they're obviously in the shadow of Ohio state. Iowa state is often in the shadow of Iowa. Like they're just going to kind of be, that that just feels like a natural we're not going to like them type of thing especially it's, as long as matt campbell's here and there's the, all the ohio ties and all that stuff you're just it's too similar you're looking too much in the mirror yeah exactly it's, it's like just it's, it's like too dis- much the same it's like disagreeing with your dad because you think too much the same other than the fact that their university is in the middle of a major metropolitan area there's too many similarities there for me to to feel good about cincinnati uh ucf like i said they're already annoying uh houston I don't like Dana Holgerson. I don't either. But basketball, I'll support. I'll I'll be down with Houston basketball. Well, Kelvin Sampson's. Yeah. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson's a dog. And then their teams are always fun to watch. They're always well coached. Like they play a good brand of basketball. So, so I'll, so I'll always Houston, be down with them. Does Houston fall into the uh, I could I could see myself rooting for them in the Kansas State or not Kansas State, the Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech. For basketball, yeah. For for football Just as I, a university. Yeah, as, as a university? As as an entire athletics department. Do they fall into that camp? I don't know. Can any of, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think so? I don't think so. No, I, I, I just, just Dana so. Holgerson's so unlikable. And then BYU, I mean, I just have not gotten very many good vibes from those folks. Like they got Melvin Edgem to flip them off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Edgem's like one of the nicest human beings on the planet. He's so composed all the time. Dude. Yeah. Like one of the most chill dudes. And then if that guy is, is like, okay, I'm at my end of my wits with you people, then I know that they can really push some buttons and you know, they have a tendency. I'm not saying this is all folks in Utah. They have a tendency. They have a history. They have a history. They have a reputation and it's not a very good one. I, yep. When it comes to attending sporting events. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do we put West Virginia in this top camp? In this, in this top with Tech, 
West Virginia football Oklahoma just State. isn't very threatening right now with Neil Brown. So yeah, yeah probably. Okay. So we'll, it's really, that's the, the, the teams that you could be persuaded to say like, and I would personally put Kansas state in there, but that's again, because personal experience, like Arthur Brown, is it Brown? Arthur Brown, Arthur Smith. Anyways, number four is linebacker. When I was there, um, like that, that group, it was always a very fun team to play against. They were always very, you know, complimentary, but they would trash talk in a fun, like, you know, what might've been fun. What? If you beat them. Yeah, it would have been. Remind me a few other times of the one score losses that I had five years in a row. Well, four years in a row. Then we got our asses kicked in 2013. Four years in a row. That was the no clown. That was the, what was he, was it Paul Rhodes said when he came into the press conference? No, no stupid questions. That was bad. That was bad. That was like 41 to seven or something like that. 42 to seven. That was bad. Yeah, it's not as bad as Baylor. That was, it was like two, like two weeks apart. It was that, that Oklahoma state, uh, and Baylor were like back to back to back weeks. It was the worst three game stretch in Iowa state storied history of bad. You see Justin Blackman's a finalist for the college football hall of fame this, this week. He's damn good receiver. It was, there's some really good players on that list this week. I was surprised, but, uh, who, okay, so then who falls into the absolutely not never category? Texas. Is that it? But, I mean, it's, not, it's not it, but like Texas, I, it is impossible to root for, to, it is impossible to root for Texas. I think the further along that we get, the more that I feel bad for Oklahoma, more than I like dislike them. I think so too. And also, I, again, using the same personal experiences, they under, because it was Stoops was there when I was there, and they were always, they were fun to talk to. Uh, they are fun to be on the field with, other than the fact of when we got handled by him. Um, and I just think those folks are going to find out that they made a bad decision. Yeah. Like that they, they, and I thought that you could even see it where, uh, last, and I, I mean, I don't know any of the context of this quote or anything like that, but I saw on Twitter where somebody asked Joe Castiglione, what's the difference between the sec meetings and the big 12 meetings? And he said, well, there certainly is a significant difference. And I imagine when you go from being, the top one of the top dogs in a league and you're able to basically dictate anything that you want to happen and then you walk in and you're like the eighth dog in the league and well and whether all or not of a sudden you, you have no hardly any say in anything well whether or not you have the say or anything it's just the respect when you get walk when you walk into the room you yeah. know like you're at one company and you're uh, at the vp level or the c-suite level and then you go to this other company and you're now like a director or like you're underneath that like still respectable but like you're underneath that quality is the same. Your pay may be the same and your success and control of the business might be the same, but like, there's just a little bit less deference respectfully to that group. So yeah, it feels, it almost feels like Oklahoma is sort of like, uh, you have a friend that's marrying somebody that you know is a mistake mm-hmm. and they kind of realize like this might not work, but they're already too deep in the process to back out now. And you're like, Hey man, you, you all, you could just, you just say, no, you could just stop it. You could still walk away. You could still walk away. Well, I don't know. It's probably too late now. They probably couldn't walk away. Yeah, it's a, the lot, ma- of the it's a lot of money if they were to walk marriage away. Marriage license has been signed. Yeah. The, all the deposits are put down. Yeah. This, but that's what it sort of feels like with Oklahoma. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put Oklahoma in this bottom camp. UCF feels like they're just annoying. Yeah. And Orlando. I'll put anything... I'll put Orlando in the I can never root for them tier. Just the city. Actually, the people of Orlando, I'll root for the people of Orlando. I think there's good folks. I think there's good folks down there. Uh, that city is a complete dump, though. Yeah, I don't, not a fan. I do not like Orlando. It's just funny because it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, you know? And it just seems like there's a lot of unhappy people there all the time. 
what the i mean i don't know is there anybody else that you just have like that immediate distaste the never the nevers baylor football baylor football yeah uh i mean that's just the the luster of art briles yeah still sitting on that program but you're but your boy scott drew like that's you take the whole athletic program i mean well the problem though is so kansas basketball falls in this never camp as well like it's hard even in the big in the in the ncaa tournament when you want your conference to do well and you just sort of by nature are rooting for him it's even still sometimes hard to root for kansas basketball but kansas football like i said it's like your little brother so like on aggregate where do you put them i have immense respect for kansas basketball that's the thing like same i would i'm not saying that i root for him but i've got so much respect for him that it's like that you uh it's real recognize real you know like you can't sit there and say that you it's like not impressive you know it for sure is they're just so easy to dislike because the fans are, are Kansas basketball fans make that program very easy to dislike. I guess I just don't know that many Kansas basketball fans, really. My grandparents lived and my grandfather has since moved back to Topeka mm. right next to Lawrence. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them and it is. It's not pleasant. But you have to respect it because like up here, we love our college sports, you know, and that's what every time that I go to Lawrence, that's what I sit there and I think, and especially in the heart of Kansas City territory with the Chiefs and the Royals and all that stuff, you sit there and you can say at Allen, you sit there at Allen Fieldhouse and you're like, dude, these people really love this stuff. Yeah. But have you been in Memorial Stadium? Yeah, but that, I mean, cool. I don't know. It was, was the flattest that was, that felt like you were playing at a high school. So like on, yes, they, they support their men's basketball program, women's basketball. They go to that game football until this, uh, very last bit of a season. Did they really support that program? They support Kansas basketball. That's it. Like they love their Kansas men's basketball program. They don't really care for anything else. Are we going to knock Creighton fans because they don't support anything else? Creighton besides the basketball team. I mean, they don't have, so I guess oh, they can't, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to Creighton women's basketball attendance because Iowa state doesn't play Creighton at Creighton. So I don't really ever watch those games, Yeah, but you watch Iowa state go down to Kansas in basketball and there's like 63 people in the stands and you're like, oh, okay, well, apparently you guys don't like basketball. You just like saying rock chalk to yourselves. I don't know. I respect it. I got a lot of respect for those people. I don't root for them. But I don't root for their demise either. Kansas bottom tier. Kansas basketball bottom tier. I think Bill Self's a good dude, man. Like, I don't know. Everybody out here, I know a lot of people out here, like, that's like blasphemy to say that Bill Self might be a good person. I think Bill Self might actually be a good guy. I, I again, I just wreck it's It's not anything within the program itself. It's just the go, it's what goes around it. You spend five minutes in a room listening to Bill Self talk, uh, talk ball, and you're like, you know what? I want to spend 10 hours with that guy talking ball. I believe it. Again, it's nothing about the program and I do respect him. I just, it's like, it's a, the, the, yeah, it's Kansas state football. It's, it's in reverse where I, I don't mind Kansas state football. You can't stand him. I wouldn't have, if Arizona state came into the league, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, I'd have so little respect for them in every facet that it, I don't think it would even, I would barely even acknowledge their existence. <laughs> so little respect. I have no respect for them. None. They hired Herm Edwards a few years back. Off at, and then they fired him. And then they fired him. Yeah. It feels like everybody else. In because the, he cheated. feels like everybody else in the conference is just sort of in the middle then. Like yeah. contextually could be rooted for. 
Right. Like in the right scenario, I could probably get behind anybody, you know, like if they're playing Alabama, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to root for them. If they're playing Michigan, I'm going to root for them. I rooted for TCU when they were playing, you know, Michigan and, and, uh, in Georgia, but it's like, I'd, if when they're playing against each other, a lot of times it's, both it, of these teams could lose and I'd probably be happier. It's all con- those, it, those inside schools are like the, 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 everybody else are sort of like context specific where it's like, if you, you know, what is best for Iowa state in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, or the big 12 generally, you know, like if let's say Oklahoma is undefeated or whatever in situation in, in like the Baker Mayfield years or not, you know, whatever they're undefeated. They're trying to get to the college football playoff. Like you need them to be undefeated, which it makes it better for the league. So they're playing against you know, fill in the blank school, West Virginia in week 13. Okay. Well, I'll root for Oklahoma because I, them being undefeated makes the conference look better because then they get to, they get to be an undefeated playoff team. All right. There's, there's my rooting interest. That's been determined more logically than emotionally and then you go okay yeah go team i often just find myself rooting for the best stories i usually look at a game and i say what would be the better story here a lot of times when oklahoma is playing the better story would be for oklahoma to lose often when texas is playing the better story would be for texas to lose texas is a way better story when they lose than oh when they God. win like way better story. they're so much more fun when they lose yeah and that and it just makes college fo- it frankly like it there everybody says oh college football is better when Nebraska is good or when USC is good or like all these college football is better when Texas is bad when they're not when they're awful when they're mediocre just good enough to be mentioned here or there but then lose which is basically the last 25 years yeah I mean really basically the last 15 since yeah since uh since uh Vince Young yeah since since 2005 so you have the yeah, when they're when they win seven games, and four of those losses are by three points, one of which is to Kansas. That's that's the the most interesting college football story. I'm trying to think of other ones, uh, like any. That's why you know, like any time that Iowa State's good, like it just feels like a good story. Like when they're good in football, you know, because you're just like if like or if uh, if Texas Tech was all of a sudden really good in football, you know, like that would be a good story. It's just like yeah, the teams TCU that come- was good last year with Sonny Dykes. Like well, that was a good story, you know. Kansas football was a good story last year when they went from being absolute ass mm-hmm. for a decade, and then finally like oh we're respectable again, and then uh, Daniels hurt a shoulder and the rest of their offensive, I mean, their, their offense takes this giant hit for like a month and they lose all momentum. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, Kansas is six and four. They're over under total is six and a half. Kansas hasn't won seven or more games since 2007. How do you feel about that? The six and a half. Let's look up Kansas's football schedule. Oh, we're, we're going to do the, uh, yeah, let's, let's go through it. Let's, let's win loss Kansas football schedule. I just want to know. I, Cause it's like, it's bold. I feel like a Vegas to put it at six and a half knowing like if you place that bet and you bet over, you know that you are betting on something that literally has not happened in 15 years. Well, and the thing is, is that like, I, I honestly don't know what to expect from this conference mm-hmm. more, more on average, uh, more or like, because the team that would, you'd expect to be the top, like the heavy favorite is Texas, but it's still fricking Texas. Yeah. Like what has given you about Steve Sarkeesian? What has given anyone any confidence that Steve Sarkeesian's team for 13 consecutive weeks 
is going to be consistent enough to win a Big 12 championship. All right, here's Kansas' schedule. Home against Missouri State, win. Win. Home against Illinois, win. Probably a win. Yeah, probably should be a win. But it... I mean, they graduated a lot. Illinois graduated a lot, but they're still tough. And so if they can muddy the game up, I, I don't think that's a guaranteed win. How about this one? A, a 9.30 p.m. Central Time kick re- live from Reno, Nevada on CBS Sportsnet oh, against God. the University of Nevada. I mean, they're going to win that by 100, but God. They're going to be like 150 run. degrees on, on September 16th at 9.30 p.m. in Reno, Nevada. But then it's going to drop 30 degrees by the time it's done because desert temperatures. But there, I mean, no, <laughs> Iowa against Nevada last year had like 400 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. What is Kansas going to do with Neil coming back uh, and Daniel's coming back? What are they going to do running the ball? I mean, they're going to run for 500 yards on Nevada. In week three. Probably. Yeah, probably. All right. Big 12 openers against BYU. Uh, No idea. No idea. At Texas, not winning that game. Um, Home against UCF. No idea. At Oklahoma State. Again, Uh, no idea. What is Oklahoma State going to play? I mean, are they going to be good? Probably not. Are they going to be, they're going to be okay. What's Oklahoma State? What's UCF going to be? What's BYU going to be? Home against Oklahoma. Well. Depends on the health of the, I mean, depends. Uh, Oklahoma's defense is going to be better this year because Venables is going to have a whole season mm-hmm. to recruit and get transfers and, and train into the defense that he wants to run. But their offense is still going to be a crapshoot. Uh, at Iowa State. Uh, L. Home. It up. L. There's home. no way. That, I mean, granted, I don't know what the Iowa State's also another huge question mark on the season, but doesn't feel like after last year that Campbell would take that one lying down home against Texas Tech home against Kansas State in the Dillon's Sunflower Showdown I love that we always got to have a corporate sponsor now for our in-state rivalries it's important uh and and at Cincinnati in the regular season finale there I don't see six when I mean I don't see seven guaranteed wins there because it's seven and a half it's six and a half six and a half okay uh I don't know I don't think so yeah I don't know about that one. But it feels like there's going to be a... I mean, okay, so again, Texas is your, your quote, top dog. Oklahoma is the next one up there, and I think they yeah. get name they get the name bump on that as far as betting odds because you're going to think, oh, I yeah. had them as the two most difficult games on Iowa State schedule. For Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. But at the same time, last year, TCU was supposed to be trash. They ended up going to the national championship game. Got the floor wiped, but they ended up going to the national championship game. Beat Michigan. You know, Max Duggan is the, the bell of the ball. Who, which teams, how many teams can you confidently say that you would bet to win eight or more games in the conference? <laughs> confidently. Like two? Like I would imagine Texas is going to get at least to eight, but I don't think they're going to get to 11, 10. I'd probably take Oklahoma too. And so, but now. But I don't know how good I'd feel about it. So now let's flip that question and say, Maybe how many Kansas teams State. could you reasonably see getting to eight wins? A bunch. A bunch. Most of them. Yeah. Well, I think Kansas State's going to be really good again. They'll probably be one of the favorites to win the league. Uh, so I had them third. Most difficult game on Iowa State I think schedule. Baylor is drastically underrated. Yeah. Baylor. Uh, TCU lost. TCU is um, just weird because they lost so many guys. But the and same they lost time. their coordinator. So they lost yeah. uh, Kendall Riley. Uh, to Clemson. So yeah. as Lincoln Riley's little brother was the offensive coordinator for him last year. He's now the OC at Clemson. So they lost him, which is, and they lost Max Duggan and they lost Quentin Johnson. 
their best wide receiver. And I'm pretty sure they lost. You know who uh, their new offensive coordinator is, Kendrick Miller. Who? Kendall Bryles. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there still room to put TCU in the bottom tier? I just, you said Kendall Riley and I was, cause his name's Garrett Riley. Oh, Garrett Riley. Sorry. Yeah. Garrett Riley. And I was like, I, that sounds right. But I, I was like, there, there's somebody named Kendall that is associated with TCU football now. And I was like, but I don't, I don't want to think it's Kendall Bryles, but it is Kendall Bryles. Yeah. Man. The thing with that art Bryles and that offense is such beautiful, smart, consistent, easy offense because they do the it's the it's what josh heupel is doing at tennessee it's the very it's a very similar thing and we saw how uh, once they had a quarterback like once tennessee had a quarterback and they was they were able to develop him no one could stop no one in the vaunted sec could stop tennessee's offense with a functional quarterback it's the same thing that our Bryles was doing at baylor because they just use spacing and your rules against you but so like I loved the the actual product on the field of the Art Bryles Baylor team, but it's so ugly. Every I mean, so bad, oh, just indescribably shitty. What was off the field? So I'm very mixed because I'm glad that one of the Bryles family can continue that very smart and quality execution of on the field, but. TCU is in the bottom tier now. Iowa State plays TCU in the uh, Jack Trice legacy game. Coolest jerseys on the... That feels like a... Like, I just... I find it hard to believe that Iowa State's going to lose that day. It doesn't even matter what the quality... Or not the... Like, what the... Opponent is. The opponent is. Yeah. Health of the team. Whatever. Yeah. You can't lose on that day. No. That just is... That, that'll be a special weekend. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Your Monday music's column was fun. Kind of ranking the yeah. opponents, but well, I was, yeah, we kind of just ran through that. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think there's anything else that I need to need to add. Well, I hope you enjoy your week of talking about the live golf tour. It's big news. It's big news. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.